Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to The Jerick Show. Uh, a special warm welcome to our live viewers and a slightly lukewarm welcome to all those, those lazy people watching us on repeat. So uh, this is a show that brings you the greatest and latest security news stories from the last seven, seven to ten days, depending on how lazy we've been, and uh, presents them in a interesting manner. Welcome to The Jarek Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics poorly presented. So yes, timely topics poorly presented. And speaking of poorly presented, here is Eric Crone. How are you doing? Uh, you know, we, we didn't do this last week and I missed this interaction. I really do. Yes. Where, what interaction were you having last week? Where exactly were you? Um, I was actually flying to Phoenix for a funeral. Okay. <clears throat> Way to bring it down, pal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. No, then I ended up uh, in Vegas for a couple of days for a conference. Oh, in right Vegas to, to wash away your sorrows? Something it's, like that. It's quite yeah. a common thing. You go to a funeral go to vegas well vegas is becoming my second home now it's uh i don't so, mean it to be but i keep i'm ending up there like once a month right now on, on the regular so does that in, in, explain the doctor's visits <laughs> no. <laughs> right no i i really don't like vegas i i just want to put that out there and i know some people are like you're so lucky you get to go to vegas and i hate vegas you've been to vegas for black hat right yeah you know my first trip to the u.s was black hat in vegas this was like years ago and i remember going there and everyone's like you do realize this is not representative of the usa and like this is completely <laughs> an anomaly <laughs> and then well, having said that nearly everywhere i go it's like this is not representative of the whole usfa and and then i realized there's nothing that truly represents the entirety of the usfa it's just uh, it, it's not one country. It's like you know, three midgets standing on each other's shoulders, wearing a trench coat, masquerading as one country. They but, like to be called little people. Yes, but I, I think that's what makes it great and endearing—that you can get something. And actually, I get it. Why so many Americans don't travel internationally? Because you have so much within the country, so much diversity of, of, of weather, of terrain, of activities you can do, of cost of living. Um, you know, and you can do it without a passport and without changing languages. So it is kind of handy. Well, I don't know. When you get in the South, some of that's a very different language down there. Right? <laughs> but, but, you know, you're right. And it's kind of funny when when you came out to train uh, yes. for this role at, at No Before, um, you know, we ended up we went to Miami and Dallas. Um, JJ, our other colleague, uh, she came in from Australia. We went to New York City. Uh, she got to see like the sights from down there when I trained her. And then Yella, poor Yella comes in from the Netherlands and I took him to Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm like, this is not representative of the whole U.S. <laughs> it was just bad timing that that's where my next talk was going to be. But yeah, you're right. You know, it, it, we have such a large country and there's so many different feels within it. And the South is its own place. You know, the Northeast is its own place. Uh, the North, I mean, it's just, it's a very different spread of people. 
It is. It is. And um, okay, enough of the geography enough and the, yeah, let's... <laughs> and the cultural commentary. <laughs> We're let's move on to serious. something let's, we are yeah. <laughs> mildly better at, allegedly, and that is security commentary. So this is actually a story I had in the notes from last week, and then you couldn't make it. But um, this is such a horribly designed website. Uh, so St. Andrews University had Dame Sally Mapstone, uh, who was the principal, and she banned her fellow academics from starting emails with, I hope this finds you well, or those kinds of phrases, hmm. because she just had a personal disdain for it. And what happened is like a few years later, a professor re receives an email from a colleague of his, and it starts with, I hope this finds you well. And that set off alarm bells in his head. And that's how they discovered it was a phishing email and it allegedly tied to uh, Russia. So little things like this, you could, you know, it, it, it's so amazing. We, we put so much effort into either technical controls or teaching people about red flags. And one of the biggest indicators is usually like, you know, what's the language like? What, how do they approach yeah. you? It's a bit like if, if I wake up one morning and I receive a message from Eric and he's being very polite and nice to me, <laughs> I can only assume either his phone's been hacked or he's been diagnosed with some life-limiting disease. So, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think it's a really good way to say that, you know, people's gut instinct is, is often a really good measure and seeing how people communicate is, uh, is really interesting. So. Well, you know, I just read this and it's, if you scroll up just a little bit there, I think this is kind of funny. They got a, a phishing email and um, they went to the cybersecurity experts down a little, down a little, down a little. And the National Cybersecurity Center, they're like, I got a phishing email <laughs> over the feds. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yes. I, you know, I don't know that, that most people would go to that extreme. Like, I'm on the phone with the FBI in this year and CIA in this year. <laughs> it just it feels kind of like, wow, okay. It, it, it's like the original, um, the first Ghostbusters movie, when they're sitting around, we're sitting around, then they finally get a call and she's like, yeah. it's the buzzer, we got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, th this is uh, certainly very interesting. And you're right about the words. So like over here in the US, if, if I see the word kindly in an email, I pretty much already know that's that is not one of ours, you know, if it's from a US to US person, we just don't use that word in lang in sentences. Some for some reason, scammers think we do, but that's a dead giveaway right there. We should put that like in our email filters. If it says kindly, it just dumps it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so you, you're gonna have like one really polite person there who's just like <laughs> My emails I never responded to. I'm so kind and like <laughs> polite. Well, it, you know, it is kind of funny. And I'm sure you see this uh, more than many of us American type folks do. But there is a difference in how we write emails, even from the whole get go. Like, I hope you this finds you well. As Americans, we tend to be very straight to the point. We're like, where the hell is that report? Where in a lot of other countries, they start off by saying, I hope this finds you well. I hope your family is good. Where the hell is that report? <laughs> right? like, they they yeah. tend to start off a, a little bit more personal, which, which we over here don't. And it's funny how those undertones can actually be something that, that can help you spot something being off. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, I, I, I... I have to feel like it's a very British thing to be overly polite. It's almost like what was it, the velvet glove, or or, or the, uh, the the saying of the 
I'm mixing up my metaphors now. It doesn't matter, but they they do a lot of pomp and and everything. And as as a friend tells me often, he goes, "The problem with the British accent is that you sound so condescending, even when you're just saying something normal." And mm -hmm. I'm like, "Well, I have no idea quite what you mean, but condescending means when you speak down to people." <laughs> Yeah, it's the only reason why when you insult me, it's even remotely funny. <laughs> okay, name cheap's email hat to send MetaMask and DHL phishing emails. So another case of, uh, we, we saw, um, we've seen organizations breach in the past a bit like MailChimp, for example, where oh, yeah. they're breached and then you Couple use times. their emails because it's whitelisted and whatever you yeah. get. And, and this is like, same sort of like MO being used here where Namecheap's email had to send all of these. So uh, this was a mass email service or was this Namecheap itself? No, it's Namecheap itself. Okay. Uh, and, and you know, because they're the, they're whitelisted by many organizations yeah. because they're the domain registrars. Emails were, were you know, you, you want to just increase the likelihood of your email reaching the inbox. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you you have that. I mean, the, the Namecheap CEO was trying to blame the email service provider. Yes, email service provider was saying, no, you were using weak passwords or whatever. What but, a shocker uh, that would be. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's all like with embedded links that take you to a phishing page or what have you. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it, it, it's interesting just because... Mm -hmm. Again, this is such a low-level attack when you think about it. When you think about sophisticated attacks, and this is what everyone would call it, it's just literally like, oh, you've reused a password, someone got in, and boom, that, that's it. You're, you're, you're popped. And <laughs> it, it, it's funny. We were talking to our, uh, our, co our colleague Roger the other day, and he was talking about uh, password hashing algorithms and the strengths of them. And he goes, yeah, I've yet to see any breach occur where someone says, oh, if only we had another cycle of, of hashing in there, that would have prevented the attack. Because yeah. it's not the weakness in the technology. Our technologies are pretty mature now. We have good processes in place for uh, you know, password hashing or encryption uh, of sensitive data and all that other stuff. It's people giving up their, their stuff that, that makes it... <laughs> Yeah, far too often it's just it's just tricking people. And now I'm trying to check my MetaMask account right now um, to see because um, my twenty dollars worth of cryptocurrency I have here is is yeah. is up to a dollar forty. I wanted to make sure nobody had gotten a hold of that through this hack wow. here right there. That um, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> if, if it had gone, I don't know how you would have financially recovered. I, I know, I know, I would have had to to make one of those uh, the memes with the the tiger guy yeah uh, yeah. yeah no this uh it, it just kind of goes to show you i mean we put a lot of effort into this and if you've ever run email campaigns or anything like that and tried to keep them out of the filters <laughs> right there's a lot of effort that goes behind that and that's very valuable to attackers to be able to do that plus it's going to come from a trusted source which you probably already have some sort of a relationship with mm. so you know it's not like it's just out of the blue but yeah, that's a, that makes him a target like that, for sure. It does, for sure, for sure. And um, yeah, we just need to move on. So uh, GoDaddy, hackers stole source code, installed malware, 
And this is the kicker. It was a multi-year breach. This went over, this went on for like two and a half years. And you know, they it's just like, you know, there there's there was breaches disclosed in November 21, March 2020. You know, 1.2 million managed password customers, you know, 28,000 customers. October 2019, customers breached via uh, SSH. Yeah. Uh, but now, now, GoDaddy is working with an external cybersecurity forensics expert and law enforcement agencies worldwide. Wow, that's, wow. As part of an ongoing investigation into the root cause of the breach. GoDaddy, I can save you money right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compromised password you probably weren't using mfa you're reusing a password that had a weak password it was social engineering so someone clicked on a link gave up their information or what have you or you have some unpatched servers guarantee you I, i'm you're a vegas man eric i'll put money on this that it's one of these three things that <laughs> turn out to be not a chance man not a chance and and i mean clearly i mean they're they're almost reaching the T-Mobile Hall of Fame level here with as many times as they've had breaches. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, um, but ultimately, yeah, this is this has been going on over and over and over again. And so, yeah, if this was something that I just I just shake my head at some of this stuff. You know, we we tend to be we tend to be nice people, Javad. You and I, when somebody gets breached, we tend I to bet. try to see the best of it. Like, oh, it could happen to anybody. But after the third or fourth time or so, it's really hard to even be kind anymore about this stuff. It, it, it reaches level where you think this is preposterous. This is yeah. absolutely unacceptable. The the number of times someone is and and this isn't a small mom and pop shop. Yeah, it's a big. It's one of the largest, if not the largest, domain registrars out there. With and you know, what? for them to have incident after incident, not really do a proper cleanup and what have you. Is, it's a uh, sign of the, the security culture in the organization. It's the same thing I said about LastPass, hmm. right? Like I'm not worried about passwords being breached from the LastPass breaches because they are encrypted and all that kind of good stuff, right? So they can steal them all day long. The fact that it's happened several times now tells me that there's something wrong with the organization's commitment to security in the first place that's right that's right it's just anyway we are chewing through time so let's make these last two quick and wrap it up before we lose even more well, before we start seeing that that drop because you get to this sort of like 15 minute mark and all of a sudden you see look at your stats and how many live viewers you have and they start like slowly creeping out because i think people have meetings to go to or they just get how does it creep down slowly from one <laughs> <laughs> look man i'm trying to give the impression we have thousands of concurrent viewers at the same time <laughs> In all fairness, we, we end up getting these comments and, uh, you know, yeah, uh, we end up getting these comments yet we, we show like one person on and we have four people commenting, which is kind of funny. And, uh, Actually, yeah, we speaking see of Eddie, comments, Eddie. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> yep. so this is in relation to what we were saying at the beginning. So someone yeah. whose one job was to monitor the comments, didn't monitor the comments, not saying any names, Eric Crone. But I'm in Dallas, Texas. A lot of us went into the military to see the world because of the history and culture. 
Yeah, that and, was me. I, I joined the Navy and I wanted to go anywhere overseas and ended up getting stationed in uh, Washington State, which I mean, I was like anywhere overseas. And then I did circles on the ship down in the Caribbean and came back to Norfolk, Virginia. It was pathetic. <laughs> well, you are pathetic, but okay. Anyway, accidental WhatsApp takeovers. It's a yeah. thing. And this happens because people don't always port their number and then carriers recycle your number. Yeah. And then when someone signs up to WhatsApp on their their new number, which is actually your old number, they get all of your old messages show up. So uh, it's a thing. It happens. And I think I don't think this is a flaw necessarily with 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 the system. It's just no. the flaw really here is when you use your phone number as a permanent sort of like identifier or when you use it as a authenticator token or something like that because this is not a permanent thing that is assigned to you no that's true but i mean when when you sign up for a lot of these things they're going to ask you for that right mm -hmm. they're, they're going to they want to attach it to there right like like they want to connect it to your phone number so of course people are going to go yeah okay and then they move on and they change services and don't think about it now I don't know about you, but you know, WhatsApp is one of these things where people have conversations in WhatsApp because they think it's secure because it's end to end encrypted. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a lot of things that people don't want to leak out of their WhatsApp. Um, and so it can almost be a little bit dangerous for people um, in those cases. What do you think? What do you think? I'm just asking the questions here, man. What do you think? Uh, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of misplaced trust in end-to-end -end encrypted. So I think there's a difference between end-to-end -end encryption and end-to-end -end privacy. Uh, there's a there's a there's a slight difference there. Okay. I don't think we have the time to delve into that, but. We're seeing that a lot with Twitter. So in the past, people used Twitter DMs a lot as a form of like private communications. Yeah. I know a lot of journalists. Use. And now people are desperately trying to delete a lot of their stuff. And now they're having problems. There's bugs. There's there's all sorts of issues. There's uh, I just saw today someone posted that, oh, a, a deleted DM from 2017 just suddenly reappeared in their DM history. So it's 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 a weird... It's a weird thing. And it's kind of scary, man, because I'm not the same person I was in 2017. I don't know about you, no, but uh, no. sometimes we regret some of the things that we thought or said because we've we've learned since then, right? And yeah, with our current yeah. cancel culture, unfortunately. I mean, once the court order came down, I was like, yeah, I'm changing my ways. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, but it's it's kind of true. I mean, I think. This is one of the advantages you and I had, I know, um, at our ages of our childhood not being recorded and put mm. in the internet and therefore uh, posterity for, for years and years like today's kids are, you know, a, a stupid mistake back in the day could, could cost you out. Other options besides WhatsApp. I mean, there's Signal, there's some stuff like that. But there's again, signal, I don't think this is a Telegram, a there's Wire. Yeah. Um, I, I think with telegram and hey john uh yeah hey john uh with 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 telegram you don't need the person's phone number because you sign on with an id and you give that id to other people and then they can contact you via that 
So that that's another way to to go about it. So <clears throat> so there are like plenty of end-to-end encrypted services out there. Um, you know, though, I mean, WhatsApp is a big one, and it. I don't know. Uh, when I fly here in the U.S., like on Southwest Airlines, uh, when I connect to their free texting, it supports iMessage and WhatsApp, and that's it. You know, um, so it's that familiar and, and well-known and usable. And we've communicated on it. We've done calls. You know, it doesn't cost us anything overseas. It's damn convenient. It is. And and the usability factor, like you said, is just there that yeah. everyone, you know, you, you don't need to be particularly technically literate to install it and get it running and, and what have you. And that's the thing. Convenience trumps security every single time. Well, yeah, and now that I mean, uh, you know, the the privacy conglomerate uh, Facebook uh, owns it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly, we have nothing to worry about. Yes, yes, <laughs> we have nothing to worry about. Speaking of privacy conglomerates, the European Commission has banned TikTok. It's banned it on all corporate-owned devices, and it's banned it on staff personal devices which have corporate apps on it. Like, and and I think they mentioned here it's like Skype for business, and I'm like, oh wow, they use Skype for business. That's all Who I need does to know. That? <laughs> but um, you know, I'm I, I I'm with this statement. I can get behind this statement. TikTok insists it operates no differently from other social media. In Asterix, I think they just need to say, except the people who we share data with is different from who Zuckerberg or Twitter <laughs> right. or whoever right. else shares their data with. Or we Google just sell to someone Microsoft. else. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think it's more of a political play than a than an actual real concern over citizens' privacy and security. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't like the TikTok thing because it's been found to gather a lot of information that probably shouldn't. Now, that doesn't mean it's any different than Facebook or whatever, but it does reside in China, and the Chinese government has been known to uh, to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Team communications, yeah, during disaster. So, so hopefully this exercise. so hopefully this is about WhatsApp and not TikTok, because that would be right. really weird. <laughs> can, can you imagine throwing down TikToks in a disaster recovery? <laughs> so here like, I am, the building's right. on fire, peace out. Restore the server. <laughs> Check everything running. <laughs> Thanks, John. No, but I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, of the TikTok app because it does gather a lot of information. It's been it's been found to be reaching out a little bit more. But to your point, it's really not much different than Facebook. I mean, Facebook, if you mention, hey, you know what? It, maybe a new car would be nice. For the next six weeks, you get car ads. You know, I, I noticed on all of your ads that were on all of your stories, it had something to do with a camera or a selfie stick or something like yeah. that. I don't, I don't know, want to know where you're going with that, but no, um, I, I spent like, you know, an hour before coming over just doing Google searches of like action cameras and, and stuff just to erase all the previous histories that were coming up with more <laughs> questionable ads. So, you know, there's some like, services that you can go to that, that it, it basically yeah. just 
randomly searches a whole bunch of crap to flood your uh... i know i was looking at like hair restoration services in turkey Jeez. is that what it was <laughs> you're finally realizing see you have the event i know no, mine is, is I here i, I can do something it. for your birthday that's what? the kind of friend i am i, I is it okay yes. yeah uh-huh see you're finally realizing though it's getting a little drafty back here on you huh <laughs> It looks good at the cam to the camera. That, that's, that's all, all that matters. matters. <laughs> <laughs> About the time I start seeing the big comb over <laughs> across the back, <laughs> we're gonna have to have that talk, Javad. <laughs> oh man, I hate you so much. So, when that on that cheery note, we are gonna go dark. So, see you next week again. Same bat channel, same bat time. Until then, stay secure, my friends. <laughs>